Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2021 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, toy haulers, and teardrop trailers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle all covered by, that's the word, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. Welcome in a Friday edition of Two Guys, a Girl, and a Podcast presented by the wonderful folks at Manscaped. You can still get 20% off all the amazing grooming products, t-shirts, undies, cologne, the spritz that keeps you fresh, all of it. Use that code 2GUYS20. Keep telling them that you love us so that they love us and they send us money. We keep doing this podcast. I don't know if they sent over talking points for us, but it's so much more than just a trimmer. By the way, I have two. I use one on my face. Oh, okay. One and on your I have one. another one. One in a secret area. Well, um, speaking of secrets, Matt has been sitting on one for quite some time. Boom. I'm Lunoon. Matt has been sitting on a secret that we've known, but the rest of the world does not know yet, but is going to be announced when this podcast goes live. So, Matt, do you want to tell us what you're doing? Oh, man. I'm get, like, I, It's not even here yet, and I'm nervous talking about it. All I, the cryptic tweets. All the tweets. So I have actually signed a contract to work with ESPN and their NFL draft coverage, the lead up to the 2021 NFL draft. So you'll see me when you're listening to this on Friday, you'll actually see me today on Get Up. You'll probably see me on SportsCenter here and there, NFL Live, and I'll be doing a lot more appearances on ESPN Radio over the, the lead up to the draft and then the post-draft stuff. So a lot of people have been asking, like, why aren't you doing anything on camera? That was the answer. Had to wait for some contract stuff to expire at the old place before. It's like when you get divorced, there's that little window you got to wait before you get remarried. It's, it's just that. I think it's, it's a 60 that. day waiting period. For the, the folks that, that don't know, tell us what is ESPN. <laughs> so I had to watch a, a 75 minute video about this. I know all about it now. Is uh, it just Chris Berman over and over again? Chris Berman. It's a small television network based uh -huh. in, in the middle of nowhere, Connecticut, right. and they cover sports. That's so. well. We'll see if that lasts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Bold take yeah. there. Yeah. Very <laughs> right. exciting. But, but in all seriousness, we are excited. very excited for you. I'm I'm super excited Thank when you. you you signed the deal when we were together, and so it was a very exciting thing for us to um, kind of find out all as a group. Um, but I think it'll be exciting to see your face and I can't wait to troll you all day long and take <sighs> pictures of you being on ESPN. It's going to be great. So imagine being in the same office, <laughs> knowing that he's a doorway away from me being on sports center. I'm going to burst in like the Kool-Aid man. Oh <laughs> yeah. Like, Guess what? I'm oh, here man. too. Right. Yeah. I had to move offices. I have my own office in the office now. So that's how big time I got. Today. I am the grunt to your Tom Brady. <laughs> this is that's very oh accurate. my god could that not be any more accurate <laughs> oh my gosh well guys um today there was some big news in the nfl that we've been anticipating for some time and luckily it happened before we recorded the podcast so we are able to talk about it carson wentz is going to the colts and one of the things that i just wanted to talk to you guys about was get your reaction for what they got for him and just explain to everyone what exactly are they getting? How is it going to work out? Do you think that this is a good thing for him? Do you think this is a good thing for the Eagles? What's your guys' take on this? 
Yeah, so trading a 2021 third rounder and a 2022 conditional. Uh, so what that means is it's a second round pick right now. If he plays 75% of the snaps, it becomes a first round pick. And so we've actually talked on this show and on our radio show that this is what I had heard Wentz was going to be traded for. Future one and a three this year. So that went as expected. He also went to the team we expected him to go to, the Indianapolis Colts, where he gets to reunite with Frank Reich. Had a lot of success with him when they were in Philadelphia together during the the pre-Super Bowl years and the Super Bowl run. Uh, I, I know this is something Mello and I have talked about a lot today is that there is not a better situation for Carson Wentz than Indianapolis. A good offensive line, a coach he's familiar with, an uh, uh, emerging wide receiver, Michael Pittman, an emerging running back in Jonathan Taylor. I still don't think Carson Wentz is good, though. So like, that's my issue. Is like You traded for a guy who's broke. Like You paid premium dollars for a broken player. And outside of, you know, the oh, he's been hurt, I get it. Philly's offense last year, not great, but he was a big part of that, leading the NFL in interceptions. Even though he got benched for four games, guys, he still led the NFL in interceptions. He only played three-fourths of the season. So I I just can't get on here today and tell Colts fans in good faith, you're a Super Bowl contender now because yeah. I still don't think you can score with Buffalo, Kansas City, Baltimore. Miami's looking pretty good. We'll see what happens with Deshaun Watson, but I, I don't look at this team and like, oh, let me put down my futures bet on the Colts. They're a Super Bowl team now. It's a good roster. They have a lot of answer or questions they have to answer for agency. I just I don't think they're that much better of a team right now than the team that lost to Buffalo in the opening round of the playoffs. Well, I think you said it very Second well. Round, sorry. It, like it's a great landing spot, but it doesn't mean that it's like the perfect fit and everything's gonna go well. I think the Colts had to make a move at quarterback, and Carson Wentz is one of the ones that are available. Like Deshaun Watson wasn't going to the Colts. There's no way he yeah. was going to be made available within the division. I don't feel like the Colts gave up too much for it. I do think it is pretty telling that that's a conditional first round. And they're like, well, if he comes here and he plays, we're fine giving up a first round pick. Right. But if he doesn't, you're only getting a second round pick for this thing. Uh, I do think it's a great fit. Like Carson Wentz obviously coming out this week and being like, no thanks to the Bears. He wanted to go to Indianapolis. He made it happen. And I, I think that if he is going to kind of get that fresh start to his career Indianapolis was the spot so happy for him I don't know if he's going to be good but at least he gets another shot at it yeah, like my girl Ariana says thank you next that's what he said to the Bears yeah. I thought that was so and funny. I don't blame him Bears fans were really upset about that which I which is like why he's not even good like I don't be upset about that I know it hurts <laughs> but like take it as a blessing um that he's thinking that way when but the also five shuts you down at the end of the night you can't let that affect you like that's Bears fans today they're like you're going to be okay. You might have to roll with a four for a little bit, but there's an eight coming for you. You know, like you'll be okay. Wow. Yeah. Those are Kicking wise, wise words. Thank you. A <laughs> lot of life experience here. You're so welcome. I, and I take it neither one of you are buying into the Carson Wentz buzz. Paige, no. didn't sound nope. like you were. Nope. No. Nope. No, not at all. I'm a big you are what you've shown me you are guy. Obviously, you've heard my takes on Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh. Okay, now keep that in mind when we talk about this next thing because I'm starting to notice that we... Okay, so let's just start this story from the beginning. On Wednesday of this week, I saw that Zach Wilson was trending on Twitter. And I thought, oh, interesting. Let me check it out. So I click it and sure enough, there's a quote tweet talking about um, a report that you had put out on uh, your website, and it said that, you know, there are teams that have Zach Wilson above Trevor Lawrence, and people lost their mind over it, and um, my thought is, 
okay, are we drafting guys on what they've shown us or the potential? Because it seems like, you know, with a Mitch Trubisky, we we were drafting based on potential. He didn't show us that much in a difficult conference, but now Trevor Lawrence shown us he can be elite, great, number one overall pick, done deal, until Zach Wilson. We're like, oh, no, this guy has Pat Mahomes potential, so let's move move things around. So what are we doing? Are we drafting on potential? Are we drafting on what they've shown us and what should teams be doing? And this just like lit the internet on fire because also people were very upset that the Patrick Mahomes thing was the the correlation that people were making between Zach Wilson. Um, but I mean, I just, it confuses the hell out of me because it's like, okay, what should we be drafting for then in terms of quarterback? Yeah, so that's the thing. You're way too logical to work in draft Twitter page because it's never, it's like both is the answer. It's yeah, like we're yeah. drafting on both because sometimes you're drafting Joe Burrow, best statistical year we've ever seen from a quarterback. You're drafting saying like, okay, I want that. Uh, but with a Kyler Murray, it's, oh, what he could be. We're drafting potential here. So it's never the same. And it's like, it almost flip-flops. And I think that's where a lot of people miss because like with Patrick Mahomes, you're drafting potential. With Deshaun Watson, we were drafting what we saw. Guess what? Both were great. And so there's not a right or wrong. And that's what makes quarterback evaluation so hard because, you know, like when you project someone forward, it's a risk, you know, of, okay, we think you can get better at X, Y, Z. For Zach Wilson, we think even though the best game you put or the toughest team you played was Coastal Carolina, we think you're going to get better when you have to play the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. We think you're going to be okay. It's like that's a hard projection to make, but – you know, you're right. And I think that one of my least favorite things about the draft industry is people want unique opinions, but they don't. So like if if I put out a mock draft and say Daniel Jeremiah and I have some picks that are similar or the same, people would be like, way to copy DJ's work. And I'm like, okay, so I'm going to be unique. So let me put out something that's, I'll try to be a little different. People are like, that will never happen. Like, why are you trying to be clickbaity just to get, you know, get us to pay for exactly. your website? And it's like, okay, so draft fans are never going to be happy and that's like one of the hardest lessons to learn is you have to just eventually go with like what you think and what you believe because they're going to hate it anyway yep. but you can't ever appease those people well the perfect example is when Andre Ware in like September put out a graphic and had Trevor Lawrence number one overall and then he had Zach Wilson number two Twitter exploded and was like can you believe it this guy has this BYU kid that we've never heard of as the number two overall prospect ahead of like Justin Fields and these other guys that we knew but now I don't know that there's anybody really that's out there saying that like he was incredibly wrong like there are people who will still say Justin Fields number two overall quarterback but I mean Wilson's up there. And at the time, people were roasting Andre Ware. Like, this is why you're oh, yeah. a college football analyst, not a draft guy. Well, a lot of people eating some crow after that one. So you're 100% correct. Like, yeah. People will go at you for not being different enough, and they'll go at you for having the same take. Like, Matt and I talk about the draft at least five days a week for at least like four hours a day. So a lot of our picks are will even come out the same because we've just had discussions and back and forth about it. And people will still be like, oh, well, I wish you guys disagreed more. Like, I'm sorry that we've worked we this don't. out in conversation. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. Sorry that we're seeing the same up. thing and maybe that's right. going to be the right thing. Um, right. It's just, it's fascinating to me because like I've said, I'm new to this, the draft process. My job has mainly focused on guys in college football. And it just is funny to watch the like back and forth of whether or not people are accepting of okay let's let's take a guy like Trey Lance like he has so much potential so much potential right
And people are like, uh, you know that one game we saw? Like, we should probably be careful. And like are using that Remember against that him. But then it's like, oh, Zach Wilson has potential. Right. But, you know, the toughest team he played was Coastal Carolina. At least he played a season. like that. So it's just like a very strange thing that people are like picking and choosing what they want instead of evaluating mm-hmm. them on an individual level. Um, it, it's my a really thing, fascinating thing. And like with Justin Fields, like I love Justin Fields. He's my number two quarterback in this draft. And it's like, if we're going to talk about the potential of Zach Wilson and the potential of Trey Lance, can we talk about the potential of Justin Fields who's – 6'3", 225, has the strongest arm in the class. Oh, and he's athletic as a runner. It's like, that one actually upsets me. And I've had a lot of conversations with people about it. It's like, what about Justin Fields' potential, though? Like, And so if I'm going to miss on potential, I'd really miss on the guy who's bigger. Like Zach Wilson, he's 6'1", 205 pounds. If I'm going to swing that bat for the fences on potential, I'm going to go with the bigger, stronger, faster guy every time because it's still football we're talking about. It, like even with the Carson Wentz stuff, and we've been like I've been trying to hammer it home. Just because there are four really good quarterbacks in this class doesn't mean all four of them are going to hit. Like look back at 2017, even we had Trubisky go, and everybody loved him. I know there will be people that say they didn't. Had Pat Mahomes, had Deshaun Watson. Somebody's going to be bad in this class. Attacked. Like out of I these four quarterbacks, I want to go on record and say I didn't like Trubisky. I get to take, no, not at all. Like, I thought it I was don't a want to joke talk about that, that he... Let's move on. I'm sorry I brought it up. Right? I was <laughs> hilarious I'll, that you're like, no one, one, no one can say that they bad. didn't know about Mitch Trubisky. And I was like, hi, hello. Sorry. I just like him My thing I'm with right. Trubisky was, and I've I've owned this, I was, at an, I was at an impressionable time in my career, and I let NFL scouts... At, like mess with my rankings too much. And I, I don't was, I think you flew to New York that year and we were flying home and I was, yes, we did. And I was like, well, never doing that again. Mm-hmm. Like never trusting these guys again, because it was like, I just felt dirty about it. It was like, I don't even like this player that much. I liked Deshaun Watson. Didn't like Mahomes. be honest about it. Yeah. And another thing Same. is like, you're totally right about that because of course I already told you guys that like I got convinced by Mello that I should be higher on Trey Lance and it just happened because you have those conversations and you go back and you look through it. Sometimes right. it's just like an initial reaction. And then mm-hmm. that's why like draft evaluation is so like tape based because like you do need to go back and in the moment, like when you're watching them during the college football season, like it's hard to take away some of the stuff that we get distracted by that is in college football. But um, speaking of college about- football, um, She's killing those transitions, was, by the way. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You know, I'm getting better at this as time goes on. Um, so <laughs> that scratchy there, voice is going away, like the you know exactly one uh, bad review, and I'm never uh, gonna let it go. One bad review that mentioned my name. She probably went with the uh, Troy Aikman method of just having a little alcohol, a little tequila before the show. During the show, it's no big deal. That would I've probably done it before. Did it last week. I don't. I I don't know. I don't <laughs> think we should start that yet. But uh, wait till tomorrow. No wine. But um, so there was a tweet this week about um, evaluation of players on the NFL side that, you know, college football awards really don't matter to NFL personnel. And you would have thought that this tweet said that college football (laughs) awards don't matter to anyone on this planet, anyone in this universe (laughs) or ever, and that they are stupid by the reaction that people had to this tweet saying, hey... NFL personnel don't really care about who won the Heisman. They're evaluating these players for who they are, not the award they won in college. It was it was Daniel I mean, Jeremiah. Yeah, I mean, and he even said in the tweet, like, I sat in draft rooms for like eight years. We never once brought up the Heisman or the Outland or the Thorpe, like mm-hmm. that one maybe. Yeah. Like, <laughs> why and, would you? Like, uh, even this year, we're debating 
Devonta Smith versus Jamar Chase. I'm sure NFL teams aren't going to be like, well, you know what? One of them did win, the, win Heisman. the Heisman. Let's put him higher on the board. Those 1,800 old men who vote on the Heisman. Yeah. Oh, well, this, he's a better draft prospect. And these then. past winners who just have a bias to their university. I've been fighting this fight for 10 years, guys. 10 years. Because first it was college stats. People were like, well, look at this guy's production. It's like, hey, Cliff Kingsbury, Timmy Chang, doesn't matter. Like, stop. <laughs> no one cares about that, right? Right. And so it's like now it's, it's the awards thing. And I thought DJ's tweet was really smart because it was like when you're – when you work in the NFL, when you talk about a player, you don't do that. Now, for what I do for a living, right? Like You have to educate because you have a, a very wide variety of audience. So you have to say, Oregon left tackle Penny Sewell because a lot of people don't know who that is, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to sometimes add in things like Devonta Smith, who was the first Heisman winner at wide receiver since 1991. You're just adding context. That's not his resume. It's his bio, you know, and those are right. two different things. So exactly. But as with anything, Twitter lit their pitchforks. Yeah. Oh my like, god. If the Heisman, so I love college football. Obviously, we all three do. Yeah. And like the Heisman Trophy is amazing. Jason White didn't get drafted. He won the Heisman. So I, I think that goes to show. Like even if he was halfway decent, and the Heisman Trophy carried any weight in the NFL draft, he'd been drafted in like the seventh round. Yes. You know, we see guys all the time. It's like, oh, really good college player. He just doesn't translate to the NFL game. It's still a little bit different. So I, I don't understand why people did, like you said, light the pitchforks. Hey, yeah. It wasn't a controversial I tweet. guess you technically don't light pitchforks, but that'd be cool they, if they did. They lit the, like, what are those things called? The torches torch. and the pitchforks? Tiki there we go. torch? Yeah. <laughs> a lit pitchfork would be scary as hell. <laughs> yeah, that, let's not have that happen. <laughs> so, uh, but no, I mean, I, I was shocked that people reacted that way because when I read the tweet, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. But also I think this goes along with the lines of people needing to realize that like just because a player is a good college football player does not mean he's going to be a good NFL player. That's just, yes. mm -hmm. it sounds weird when you say it because you're like, okay, well, that's the system that they go through, but it's it's different. You can be successful at the college level and not be an NFL player because most of them I mean, do same not thing end going up in the NFL. Further back to even like high school players. Some of these kids are amazing in high school, and then when they get to the college level, fizzle out. I've seen some great athletes in our area who like stood out in their standouts and then they go to like little schools around here and they drop after their first semester and like I wasn't ready for college football. Sorry about it. I'm done. It's the same thing at the NFL level. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of uh, little schools that got a big name, Gus Malzahn is headed to UCF and um, I'm pretty excited about this hire. I'm excited for a group of five teams in general because I think that having a guy that has coached in the SEC be an advocate for a group of five teams is going to be massive. Um, I think it's going to be exciting to watch. I think he's going to be able to recruit in that area. Um, but I kind of wanted to get your guys' take on that. My favorite part of the presser was when somebody was like, do you think you're ready to deal with the pressure, the, uh, pressure, pressure of cooker. being at UCF? And it was like, I was at Auburn. <laughs> I'm good. I think I can handle Orlando media. I, yeah. That's, that's where you see. Yeah. That right? is that's where, where it is, is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, Mickey's over here asking questions. I think I'm fine. <laughs> you know? Little Mickey Mouse questions. Yeah. I had yeah. to deal with Nick Saban's ass across the state. <laughs> right. I recruited exactly. against Nick Saban. Exactly. You don't know about pressure. Right. So he recruited against that. Yeah. That guy. I like the hire, The though. guy that asked that question, like, he was like, you guys, I just meant, like, the pressure of being, like, he tried to, like, say, like, he didn't really mean to. And I totally get it. Like, when you're in a press conference like that and it's your turn to ask a question, sometimes you just, like, word vomit. And you're like, oh, that wasn't how I wanted it to come out. Um, but yeah, that was super entertaining. Um, but I think it's awesome for him. And I also think, too, it's just going to irk Alabama fans that he's going to be 
um, successful there, and they have won a national championship, sort of, in the last couple I of years. I hate that so much. That she doesn't even gonna... know how much I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, actually. That They're just like, you know what? Screw it. Let's have a parade. It's a Disney World. I think that they did. Like, they're failing upward somehow. Like, their coach left, and they're like, you know what? We will get a better one. So how right? about that? that? I agree. Like Josh Heupel goes to Tennessee, and it's like uh, Gus Malzahn's a better coach. Coach. And I know Tennessee should have like hired it, him. Right. They, I know it didn't work at Auburn, but like it kind of did. You know, like it wasn't right. You are who you are at Auburn. You're gonna be good every couple of years. I thought he like met expectations there. Yeah, I would the, say that too. Yeah. The other part of this is that, like, you, you, he's beat Nick, Nick Saban, so like that's a big deal. No matter what. You weren't going to win a bunch of national championships being at Auburn. You're going to get there, but you're not going to win them necessarily. But why not go to a place like this? And I'm telling you, Tennessee is going to have so many regrets over not hiring him because Gus is not only like, he's probably one of the best people, not just like coaches, best people in college football. And Tennessee needed that. And the fact that they passed on getting him there just blows my mind. I mean, I don't know if he said he didn't want to go there or whatever, but like, you know, the, I, well, I forget what movie it is, but there's a, the kid with the tattoo and it says like no re- regrets. And he's like, not even a single letter. Like that's going to be Tennessee in a year or two from now, because I mean, Gus is going to have that team running on all cylinders and Tennessee's still going to be Tennessee. My favorite Gus Malzahn thing is he got the job at Arkansas because he was Mitch Mustaine's high school quarterback. He was his head coach in mm-hmm. high school. A little Springdale, Arkansas, like an hour from Mello and I, and they everybody starts recruiting this quarterback, and they're like, you know, the coach is pretty good too. Yeah, let's bring Boom. him up and get. The he became the OC at Arkansas from being a high school head coach. Like that doesn't get talked about enough, right? Yeah. Him and Hugh Freeze, like, just know the right high school player. Good things happen to you. Yeah. Goodish things. And he's a big fan of Waffle House. Him and his wife go to Waffle House after games and or after wins, and so. As as a recent discoverer of Waffle House and it's all its goodness, I fully support this. Is that your this. first time going to Waffle House? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I didn't realize. I didn't either until just now. A moment. <laughs> right. So you've never been to Waffle House sober then? No. Has anyone? <laughs> no. I told that I recently. I was like, nope, I've never been there sober. But you know, it's fine. It's still good. That's right. That's Everything the way covered it's meant in gravy. To be. They know what their clientele is. They do. I'm excited for UCF, though. Um, I did give them a a lot of hate, but it's weird because, honestly, like Scott Frost has not done what was expected of him in Nebraska. Mm -hmm. I don't see any way that Josh Heupel wins at Tennessee. It's like you might have come out of this thing okay, UCF. Like, I think you're going to be good. Like, you just keep building to that next coach, and they might have one. Like, if they can get Malzahn to stay around for a while – if you can go into Tuscaloosa and play against Nick Saban, I think you're going to be okay going to Cincinnati, Ohio, and facing that team. Hey, Luke, no pressure. Luke Figgle's a good coach. He is a good coach, but yeah, maybe we'll put Alabama. Maybe we'll put Orlando on our our tailgate tour. Who knows? Um, Got to look at that schedule. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not a big Orlando fan. Hey, if we could tailgate you don't like tour Disney, at World? Disney though. I hate Actually, Disney that's I, that was the dumbest thing I could have ever said. Like <laughs> Matt liking Disney World, what an idiot! Don't wait. Don't right. isn't your mom taking you? No, no we got out of canceled that. that one. <laughs> we got out Thanks, of that. Thanks, COVID. Yeah. Wow, Thank rude. you, COVID. Kathy, if you're listening, I will gladly go to Disney World with you. But um, so something not so nice like Mickey. Um, Draymond Green went on a rant during a press conference. Um, just airing his grievances about the fact that there's a 
two sides of the coin in terms of, hey, there's a team that's sitting a player in Andre Drummond, and they've come out and said, hey, we're going to sit him because we're trying to trade him. And then there's guys like James Harden who request a trade, and people are like, this guy's the worst. I can't believe he's doing that. And then if Andre Drummond doesn't want to be professional and sit on the bench, then they're going to criticize him. And he was just saying that there was a double standard. And for the first time, I think ever, I agree with Draymond Green. Um, I am not a big fan of his, but I, he has a point. And it's just interesting to see, like, especially now, because this is sort of transitioning into the NFL as well with like Deshaun Watson asking for trades um, and Matthew Stafford, like we're seeing it more and more. Do you think this becomes a trend that like, hey, it's acceptable for players to maybe speak their mind and not act as professional. I mean, I even think back to like Blake Griffin, who like they signed him to a contract, said he was going to be a clipper for life, did a fake ceremony, lifting his Jersey up into the rafters and then traded him seven months later. And then when he came back to LA, the owner expected a handshake from him on the court and people were so pissed that he ran off the court and didn't say hi to the owner. It's like, there's this expectation of players. So I'm curious, do you guys think that one, if, do you agree with Draymond? And two, do you guys think that this sort of like filters into all sports where we see players being more opinionated and having a say in kind of how their situations pan out? Well, yeah, I think we're seeing in the NFL, you know, with uh, not just with Deshaun Watson, but, you know, with Jalen Ramsey, with Yannick Ngakwe, with uh, I think we're going to see, you know, Russell Wilson talking about how many times he's been hit. Aaron Rodgers talking about, you know, you, you want a team to build around you. So I do think we're seeing that in the NFL. Now, baseball is like its own thing, right? And we're going to talk about that in just a second. But I do think that I think NFL players have watched NBA players take control of their destinies and say, well, if they can speak out, why can't I? Because, you know, I don't maybe arguably you would say that Draymond Green's a bigger star than Deshaun Watson. Maybe they're, I don't know, maybe they're equal. To me, it's Watson. It's not even close because I'm not a huge basketball guy. But, you know, I so I think there is that of looking at like, okay, these guys have guaranteed contracts. They have a larger share of revenue than we do. And they have, they're taken care of better. They're superstars because they're not wearing a helmet. Like, if they can do that, why can't I? The NFL is the most powerful sport in the world. Why can't I do the same thing? Especially if you're a Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers. You know, I mean, like, you know, if you're the backup running back for the Bears, you might not want to try this. But if you're a superstar, then I do think you have that that ability to say, hey, I'm not happy here. I want out. Yeah. And like we've said before with the drafts, like it's actually it's kind of messed up that these teams just draft you. And then they're like, nope, guess what? Your ass is moving to Cleveland. Congratulations. LeBron's not even here anymore. And with <laughs> Andre Drummond, it's a little different because he signed as a free agent there. But uh, I'm almost always going to lean with the players here and be like, you know what? If you want out, yeah, you should be able to get out. Like the Texans should trade Deshaun Watson because it's good for them and it's what the player wants too. So I'm kind of with Draymond too. Like the players should be able to move and not have to deal with the scrutiny. When like in college football in that world, coaches leave all the time. But yeah. when a player is like, you know what? Actually, I'm going to transfer. It's a better situation for me. We roast them. Or when a player decommits on recruiting oh, day, hey, look at the grown men just losing their mind online <laughs> or at a these player, 18 year olds because they want to go to a different college. I don't know if you're getting this, but anytime I talk about Jamar Chase on Twitter, I get Alabama fans who are like, he's a quitter. I'm like, Ooh, what? That's, that's he's tough. a quitter because he opted out? Yeah. It's like, okay. Cool. During a pandemic. 
Right. And he that's was a like guaranteed when, top five pick. It's that's like, when people uh, like opt out of the holiday bowl and they're like, I can't believe he left his teammates. I'm like, well, I I can. So it's a game and it's yeah. the holiday bowl. There needs to be a male version, you know, because like there's the whole Karen thing. There needs to be a male like super fan version. His name's probably Phil, you know, and like that needs to be a character of like, okay, Phil, Phil calm down. We get it. I don't know. I don't know. Right? I think I've like seen like Phil. Kevin floated around. I feel that like Jim. Could, that one could work. Okay, Jim. I feel like Jim's a better. That one. works for me. Well, we can, we can put it out to the Twitterverse, right? Yeah, but well, we <laughs> we'll definitely need something. You what? We will be. What? Uh, what's the most common name in the world? Is Mohammed. Oh, so go with that. You learn something like, okay, new Mo, every day it. on this podcast. <laughs> Mellow's just full of nuggets. <laughs> full of nuggets. nuggets. Useless information. Yeah, right. Um, so baseball, man, we are hitting it all today. Um, Fernando Tatis Jr. signed a 14-year, $340 million contract with the Padres, which is hilarious because we were legitimately just talking on this podcast about how baseball deals are getting shorter and it's to protect the teams. And now we have this massive deal. And in 14 years from now, who knows where we will be. But I I will be alive. (laughs) Don't say that. No way I make it to 52. No way. Not without like a kidney transplant. No way. Okay. The way I'm living. First of all, let's hope that that doesn't happen. That got dark very quickly. And for the sake of our listeners, I'm hoping that um, you do stick around so we can be doing this podcast from then. It probably will be a podcast by then. It'll It'll probably be a TV show. Yeah. That sounds like a great idea. In 14 years, it'll be something we've never heard of. True. Exactly. That hasn't been invented yet. That's so crazy. But the thought of like It'll be a hologram of us in people's living rooms talking. That's what it's going to be. That'd be cool. That would be cool. Trademark. In 14 years, will will any of us be married? Yes, I will absolutely be married. Happily married. I will absolutely not be. For the first time or... (laughs) Probably both. I'm doing (laughs) it one time. It's a one-time deal. So we're all going Ariana today. I know. I was thinking like, what am I going to have to say next? Talk about Tom Brady, seven rings. 34, 35. <laughs> That's all oh, I got. That one. Anyway, Tatis, uh, $340 million. And my favorite thing about baseball, guaranteed. They could write mm-hmm. him that check today because that money is guaranteed to him. Yeah. You should so have nice. the option as a player, like with the lottery. Like, do you want it all up front or do you want to parse it out over 14 years? Mm-hmm. You know, parse it out over 30. But then it's like, but if you die, we don't give it to your kids, just like the lottery. It's like you take it all now or take that risk they really shouldn't do that he should get the money but yeah. right they're just throwing ideas out there <laughs> trying to spice <laughs> things up because like in the nfl you sign a deal and there's guaranteed money that actually goes in escrow the team has to have that cash to put in escrow to pay your guarantees so i'm like, sure that it's the same way in baseball you gotta have that 340 just sitting around i don't know the padres have made so i many thought moves. the padres were a small market they team by the way <laughs> yeah what who lied to me that the because since i've really gotten back into baseball the padres have not been a small market team which makes you wonder how could the chargers not stay there when the padres can pay 340 million dollars for a baseball player maybe that's the thing like as soon as the chargers were like nah going to la everybody started spending money on padres gear that's how you they do have cool jerseys but it's the like other, you, they signed Hosmer, they signed Machado. That's the one Machado, yeah. Their They're infield, I think, is pitchers. like worth $840 million or something like that. It's insane. Um, but the other part of this, too, is that this is actually a deal for the Padres because if he continues on the trajectory that he is on, he will be worth more 
per year in the next couple of years mm-hmm. based on what other players are going to get in free agency at the same position. So I think a lot of people's reaction was, oh my God, I can't believe they're spending this much. But in reality, long-term, if he pans out and plays the way he's been playing and keeps getting better, they're actually going to save because they're they're not going to have to pay him. They could restructure it eventually, I'm sure. But I think this is a, a long-term commitment to one, just winning in general, and two, just trying to get a guy to to stay and build a system that has like camaraderie. Like you said, it's a it's a small market team in quotes. Um, but I was shocked. And also what the Padres traded him for is like legitimately nothing. So yeah, there, there are going to be some regrets in terms of, of White Sox fans on that one. Yeah, I think it's a good deal. And usually like with these baseball deals, if it happens soon, it's usually team friendly. I I think t- to be determined on this one. Yeah, I do think there is a lot of risk that the Padres are taking. Uh, mm-hmm. Fernando Tatis has played 142 career games and now he has a 14 year deal we've seen a lot of prospects come up before Bryce Harper type guys where it looks like a no-brainer then they get hurt or they're just don't develop the way they're supposed to like what if he's a 275 hitter with 15 home runs every year then you're really overpaying him and you're locked in so I do think the Padres are taking a big risk here signing him to a 14-year deal but also he's probably taking a little bit of a risk too because like you said like in four or five years who knows how much baseball players will be making? I know yeah. Trevor Bauer's making about $45 million a year. So uh, how's that going to change over the course of a couple seasons? It's uh, it's a risk on both sides. I think both will probably be happy in the end, or at least that's what you want to see happen. Yeah, totally. But we're going to take a little bit of a break here to make some money, and then we will be back to talk about some more baseball and traditions that we really, really love, you guys. All right, we are back, guys, to talk a little bit of baseball traditions. Um, We are going to rank our favorite baseball things. This could be anything. It could be the environment, the game. So let's have Melo go first. Uh, I know. I was changing. I jumped. Go ahead. My top one, it's a twofer. Uh, I don't know if there's anything better than going to a baseball game and just grabbing a hot dog. Like Even if you don't like hot dogs. Or if it's buck night and you're like, I know that mice have been crawling all over these things in Coffin Stadium, still getting a hot dog. Um, Go ahead. So, Matt, so that's you, where I'm at. You don't like hot dogs? At a baseball game, I do. That's the only See, time. That's the thing. Even I'm a very like much it. a brat guy, but at a baseball Ooh. game, I will get one. But I prefer a brat. Mm-hmm. And oh. I, I, like I said, I have a twofer. Uh, when my oldest daughter was young, like super young, like one and she had to be put down for bed every night, she got into the habit of knowing that dad was about to watch some baseball. So when she got tired, she'd be like, milk and baseball? <laughs> and that's just what she wasn't even like, hey, I, I'm tired, or like milk or bottle. She would say milk and baseball because she wanted to drink her bottle of milk and watch baseball. It's probably still the highlight of my life. She used to say, you'd say, my, who's your favorite player? And she'd go, moose. A little bit addicted at the time. Right? It was Aww, so cute. Yeah, it's too bad she's adorable. Not right. I know, right? Too bad. I Are you going all three? I was just going with my top one for now. Okay, Matt, you want to go? Yes. So my top one, and it's it's very localized, but I'm going to expand. It on should that. be a national thing. It, so my favorite baseball tradition is a cheesy corn brisket nacho served in a Royals batting helmet. I should have brought in a helmet. You should have. <laughs> so they give you a full size batting helmet, right? It's blue. It's plastic. It's cool. They fill that thing with. Uh, nacho chips, brisket, corn, melted cheese, coleslaw, and like 
brisk bar- like a barbecue, lot of barbecue sauce. sauce. So it's amazing. It's so good. But it, and it comes on like a paper. So when you're done, throw the paper away. Batting helmet souvenir. It's amazing. So they, it's a Kaufman yep. Stadium thing. But I do love like stadiums like thing like they're, they're what they're known it. for. Like we went to a Nationals game. District coolers. It's just an alcoholic frozen Capri Sun. And be so careful. good. Be v- limit two for a reason. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's limit one for you guys. Uh, so that is one of my favorite things. Like I've gone to a Giants game, and you could get like you know, I mean, you get seafood at a Giants game, and it's good. Crab sandwich. Um, you go to St. Louis, you get mugged. You know, like every stadium <laughs> has their thing. You know, and it's like oh, like I fought a homeless guy. Get to left field. Yeah, go Cardinals, you know. You know? <laughs> Everybody, every city has their thing. So that's my, I love that about baseball. It's like the, I I am very much there for the game, but I like, think baseball has the environment down mm-hmm. so well that like my daughter, who doesn't even like sports, loves going to baseball games yeah. just for the environment. Yeah. Like, watching my, it on TV, a little tough yeah. sometimes, but the baseball environment and the food there, amazing. My family actually, um, pre-pandemic has made it a point to go to a new baseball stadium every year Mm. um, and kind of explore them because uh, my brother's favorite sport is baseball and so is my stepdad's and my mom and I love baseball as well but um, that is something we do as a family and I love stadium food like you're right I totally love that each you know place has a thing Um, but my number one thing is very um, Oakland A's specific as well I love that people (laughs) what not paying players being thrifty yeah not yet saving money, money. um no, 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 no. okay go ahead um <laughs> it's the fact that like i can text my family and be like hey do you guys want to go to the a's game today and like there's always tickets available it's always cheap and like it's just yep. such a fun setting to be in because it, like you guys said baseball does have it figured out in terms of yeah the game's long but like it's you can talk during it it's not like an nba game where you have to be like totally locked in um there's like pauses for you to be able to be social as well so the environment but just being able to like text my family and say like hey last minute like i used to work in san francisco and um the like halfway point of my house my like main stop and my work stop was the coliseum where you just like walk off bart and you go to the game and so one of my favorite things would be like during the day i'd be at work and i'd be like hey i'll meet you guys there and we'll meet halfway and we just go to games and and hang out so that's something that um i've certainly missed this last season um and hope we get to have back um before you know too long yeah it used to be the same way in kansas city like you could go and the move back in the day was buying the cheapest ticket you could find and then knowing that you could just go move sit down. anywhere you wanted yes. at the stadium. Five dollar seats. Yeah, it's like oh, five bucks. Yeah, you could go buy the five dollar like day of standing room only and then be like, Nope, I'm gonna go sit behind home plate because they just don't care. It's changed a little bit now since the Royals made the World Series, but I'm sure that it's the same in other ballparks, probably not in San Diego anymore because they're no. selling out no. apparently. Uh, that leads into my next tradition though and that is bat flips i'm here for it fernando tatis getting his giant deal uh i i think we're crowning him like the prince of bat flips maybe i i, I don't know but i'm here for tim it. anderson's I, the king right he's I, his isn't a flip though he chucked that thing yeah well, yeah but i'm i'm here for it whatever Jose you want Bautista to do is still honorable mention yeah until he got punched in the face right but I love it, and I want to see more of it. I hope young players like this that are coming up like a Fernando Tatis Jr. Embrace the game. Have fun. You're getting paid millions of dollars to do this. You should be able to enjoy it. And your contracts are tied to 
Can you hit a home run? Do you do it in the postseason? Mm -hmm. Okay, celebrate it because every home run is just a cash register ringing. Just cha-ching every time. No, I love it. I I like the excitement of the game. I want pitchers to talk trash. I want bat flips. Like yep. make baseball a little more exciting. Put that on a red hat with a white font, right? Like make baseball exciting <laughs> again. I want or for the first time, make baseball exciting. No again. The pitchers have been doing it for years. Like Trevor right. Bauer even last season. I mean, he would literally strike out batters and then scream at them like Randy a crazy Johnson, person. You know? And nobody ever talked about like, oh, that's ruining the tradition of the game. No, no one cared. So I'm here for all of it. You want to yell at the batter? Great. But if he hits one off of you, he's going to pimp it out. Oh, yeah. Pimp that hit all day. So my second favorite one is much more wholesome. Um, so both my children kind of grew up going to games somewhat often. And my favorite thing with both is seeing those little kids with the glove on run down to the dugout in between innings and ask oh, for a ball. Yeah. <clears throat> like that's like yep. I remember taking my daughter when uh, she was like seven years old. It was the first Royals game she'd ever gone to. And in between innings she would see the other kids doing it she's like dad can i do it i'm like hell yeah you can do it go down there she's got her little pink glove she's asking players for things even like we would sit on the away side because you sit on third base side at kaufman it's the move it's out and, of the sun. right and so you'd be asking like a's players for stuff or tigers players for stuff and you know now now emmett's only games he's been to he sat in the outfield so we haven't been able to do that but you can then yell at the guys in the you know warming up so, the opposing bullpen. Right. Give the opposing hell, bullpen. Kid. Yeah, right. We teach this kid how to heckle. Got to learn eventually. <laughs> so um, as a father, that is like one of the coolest things. And even now, like when we go to games, our kids aren't there. It's still like if you – here's a rule, by the way. If you catch a foul ball or a home run and there's a little kid near you, they get the ball, 40-year-old. It's not yours. <laughs> it's not. Unless it's like – Mark McGuire breaking a home run record all juiced up uh -huh. and you want to sell that thing so your kids can go to college or your wife can get a boob job, keep the ball. Otherwise, it belongs to a little kid. Foul balls go to kids. Special home runs. They go to eBay. You can put that one in your pocket. <laughs> right. That's my rule. Oh, gosh. Um, my Mine is a newer tradition in baseball and it is um, at um, it is in Atlanta with the Braves. Um, the freeze race is probably one of my favorite oh, yes. newer traditions because it's just awesome. Like everybody is always rooting for the freeze to win and for the other person to fall over. And it happens a lot more often than we like. Um, but yeah, no, I, that's something that I've just like missed in general from baseball is just seeing those, those, um, videos on Twitter from out of Atlanta. I, I think it's amazing. He had a tweet recently, too, and Paige, I know you're not experiencing the ice out that everyone else in this country is, no. but he, uh, it was just like a selfie of him, and it, the caption was, nobody even said thank you, like for oh. him freezing the entire middle of America. But I, I like that one, too. I like the, or like the president's race that the Nats yeah. do at Kaufman. They do like ketchup, Condiments. mustard, relish. There's always something themed. I, I like those little races, too. Yeah. I look forward to the between inning stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm here for it. I'm going to sit there for four hours. Entertain me. Yeah. Uh, my last one is actually box scores. Uh, all the time in the draft, like, oh, you can't box score scout. You can do a pretty good job of box score scouting in baseball, and, and, it, and you could be pretty accurate. You can just look at the numbers throughout history and be like, yep, this guy's great. This guy's great. Him, not so much. And I also love the box score of people in the stadium keeping track of the game like they actually have their little booklet out oh the guy keeping and they're score. tracking i remember after the royals beat the a's in the wild card game there was a guy okay. next to us who had the whole sheet and i was like hey man like are you gonna keep that 
He was like, yes, of course I'm going to keep it. It's like, I just had to check. Like, I know the answer was yes, you are, but I just had to check. Yeah. Matt, what is your, your next one? Sorry, my phone's blowing up. I apologize. Uh, my last one, and this is maybe the most important, over the cheesy corn brisket nachos, over the time with your kids, it's tailgating. And I'm spoiled because I've grown up going to Kauffman Stadium, which... Fun fact, I actually think Royals fans tailgate as well as Chiefs fans do. I'm not going to say better because I'm not on drugs, but as well as when you can sit in that parking lot and smell like world-class barbecue, you're drinking cold beers, you're playing bags. Like, it's just, it's amazing. Like, I miss tailgating as much as I miss sports. And so, like I've said, April 3rd, I will be there when the Royals uh, weekend opener. I don't care if I have to tailgate by myself. I will do it. I wouldn't have to because you can make friends in that parking lot very, very easily. But I miss that part. I mean, like, I remember the first time we ever went and tailgated. We had no idea what we were doing. We had a tiny little grill with, like, these fatty brown gravy mixed burgers that put the fire out in the tailgate. But we made friends with the people parked next to us. We drank a lot of beers. We watched a baseball game. It was so much fun. And we were like, yeah, we got to do this more often. Why haven't we been doing this our whole lives, basically? And the baseball tailgates seem to be a little more laid back. Like a football tailgate is a riot where like somebody is eventually going to do something stupid. Yeah. Baseball tailgates, like you would be surprised. You'd be like, oh my God, there's a guy who's on fire. Like, that's weird. If it happens at an NFL tailgate or like a college football tailgate, you're like, well, yep, mark that off the box. We saw that right. again this weekend. No big deal. Yeah, they do get absolutely crazy um, in terms of football. And baseball is just like chill. It's like day drinking. And then also, like, if you miss the first yep. inning, you miss the first inning. Not everyone's like cleaning yeah. up and hurrying to like get into the game. We were talking um, about the other day. It's like, if you miss the first three innings of baseball, it's like no big deal. Yeah. It's like, okay, it's coming yeah. in casual. That kind of leads nicely into my last one. Um, the last thing I miss is um, rally caps because I think baseball is so cool in the sense that, like, you could have one out. And you could still win the game. Like, you could be down four runs with one out left and still come back and win. Um, And it's probably one of the, like, coolest things about the sport is that, like, in one moment it could change into, like, a super boring – from a super boring game to, like, the most exciting game of the night. Um, And so I I sort of am excited for Rally Caps to to make their return and um, to see guys with their hats flipped inside out and and ready to go to to make a – you know, either send it into extra innings. I also love extra innings. Um, but I live on Free the West baseball. Coast, so yeah. Um, but yeah, no, rally caps are one of the baseball traditions that I think are really cool because it happens everywhere too. It's not just one place. Yeah. I dug out pranks. I like that. And mm-hmm. you'll see like the guys put the gum on the end of the cup and be like, all right, let's get this thing stuck to his hat. I love that too. Oh, the, bu- and, oh, like, the bubbles where you like try and stick it on top. That is fun. Right. And the, baseball is nice because it is slow paced that you can be like, all right, Let's talk to the manager right here in the middle of the inning and see what's going on. It, oh, the access in baseball is so good. Yeah, like you're not, you're not getting that in football. You have you have to wait yeah. till like Tuesday or Wednesday when you the can't even talk to Nick Saban at halftime. Yeah, right. Yeah. Quit asking. Right. Well, we couldn't we couldn't hear to- you. Um, all right, guys, <laughs> we're um, gonna move on to paging two guys slash just the tip. It seems like we combined the two this week, so we've got a decent amount of questions. But Mello, I will let you take it away. I will Ooh. do that. And uh, this week, I forgot to include names. So if you tweeted at me, I'm sorry. It's a busy day here. Uh, busy day in our world. But the first one is, will we see any running backs get drafted in the first round? If so, when does running back two get drafted? 
Ooh, so I think Paige's boy Najee's probably going to go in the first round. Uh, that Every mock draft I do, he goes in the first round. I actually put a new one out today when the Carson Wentz trade happens. You can check that out at thedraftscout.com. I don't think Travis Etienne goes round one, but I know there's a lot of people who do think he sneaks his way in there, whether it's the you know the Dolphins, the Bills, the Steelers, one of those teams, the back end of round one. If, I, I mean, Green Bay, Aaron Jones is probably going to walk. I can't imagine they would sign or draft someone after A.J. Dillon. Last year, Buffalo... I'm not sure if I mentioned them. They're a team that I, I've been putting running back to a lot. But I, I I would be surprised if two went in the first round. I would be too. And I'll tell you, Matt, one thing that pisses me off about your mock drafts is you keep giving Najee Harris to these teams in the AFC that would just be a perfect fit. Sure. Like Buffalo or like the Steelers or Miami. Cry. Like It's just all of these things are perfect. I do think that we'll see Najee go in the first round, and I hope he does. As far as ETN, like I've seen some – Mocks where like he'll go to the Jets with their second pick. Like, I could see that maybe happening, but I would be surprised if we saw running back two come off the board in the top 40. Yeah, I agree with you guys. So the consensus Twitter is going to hate us because they're going to want us to disagree, <laughs> but I, I don't disagree. And I obviously um, am Not very excited to see where Najee goes and he deserves first round money. So hoping he goes. Mm-hmm. We yep. need to um, become fans of wherever he goes, Paige. Oh, absolutely! I oh already signed up to to wherever like he goes. Real I go. Fans. Like, forget the Niners. No, <laughs> I'm not. No, no, no. Like, I'm not gonna forget the Niners. Yeah, yeah right. First and foremost team, but wherever Najee goes is my second team. Yeah, I just have a feeling it's probably gonna be Buffalo. That would be. I don't know. That would I work. saw that somewhere today. I already committed to that. So. All right, another draft question here is: Penny Sewell a lock at five? Or is Slater, Rashawn Slater, still going to be an option? It feels like a lock to me. feels like a lock. And everyone I talk to says it's a lock. So, I don't know. I love Rashawn Slater. I think the Bengals, this is a a team that's known for not having like a big scouting staff, spending a lot of money on scouting. They're going to look at Penny Sewell and be like, oh, he's good. We're done. That's that's actually a really good point because they might like they might be done scouting offensive linemen. They might have been done for a while. They sure as hell weren't going out to Northwestern to talk to Rashawn Slater during the season. Right. So it probably is a lock. It's it, like two guys who opted out. Oh, we'll watch the tape. Sewell's the guy. Yeah, and it has been Sewell for me. I just I really think that he's special. And I think that if he is there at five, the Bengals almost have to draft him. Like, I, that's nothing against Rashawn Slater. I think he's going to be a really good offensive lineman as well. But I just think Penny Sewell is special in this class. Yeah. I, Matt, you're saying it's a lock, but do you like think that he's going to be the the better player of the two? Because I know before you said there they were like one A and one B. You didn't really think that there was that yeah. big of a difference between the two. They're still really close for me. Um, I, I just think some of it, like your scheme, matters a little bit. My thing with Slater is, I think he could be an All Pro guard and a really good tackle. Like with Sewell, yeah. I think he's going to be a really good tackle, like maybe All Pro, but with Slater, it's just like oh, there's a little more versatility here. There's a fallback plan with him, basically. Yeah, whereas Sewell, as athletic as he is, maybe doesn't slide into guard quite as naturally. Uh, One more football question. What are the most interesting fifth-year option decisions NFL teams have to make this year? So first-round picks getting their fifth-year option. Oh, man, I was not prepared for this question. So that's like Baker Mayfield? That would be that 2018 class. Yeah, so I don't know, interesting ones. As far like I think May. Baker Mayfield will get his. Right. Because he plays quarterback. Um, Going next, Saquon Barkley. Like, yep, I think he'll probably get the fifth-year option just because he's been so hurt. It'll be like Denzel Denzel Ward. Yeah, I think Darnold's not going to get his. But like Denzel Ward, he's been hurt a lot. I don't Mm – I'm probably not picking – I don't know. 
Probably would just because it's, you know, do it because he hasn't been completely terrible. Like Bradley Chubb. I was surprised last year at how up. many players didn't get their fifth-year option. Yeah. From that 2017 class. Ooh, here's a fun one. Mike McGlinchey. Mm. I don't know. I, he's been average. He really has been. Just very You average. just expected him to play so big, but he really he's just been, like you said, average. Yeah. Just kind of kind of soft. Mm-hmm. So not the biggest fan. Like Minka, that one's going to happen. Hey, Josh obviously. Rosen won't. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> Josh, Josh Allen Rosen, won't because gonna he's going to hey. get a new contract. Yeah, Josh Allen will get a new contract. Lamar Jackson will get a new contract. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about fifth year there. Like Tremaine Edmonds will get picked up. Derwin James, Jire Alexander. Ooh, how about this one? Number nineteen overall, Leighton Vander Esch. I'm going to say no. I mean, he's just been, been so too hurt. hurt. Yep, yep. And like the funny thing is. He was hurt at Boise State. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think he, he actually kind of fell in the draft because he was hurt right. all the time and had that, like, knack or back injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not not great. So, uh, interesting ones, I would say, would be, the you know, Mike McGlinchey would be a very interesting one. Deron Payne for Washington. He was the 13th pick overall. They kind of have a loaded defensive yeah. line. Anyway. And then, you know, man, how cool would it be, though, if the Giants were like, you know what? No, you're running back and you've been hurt half your career. We're not doing it. Yeah, and I know this question was about fifth-year options. I don't know if the Giants re-sign him. I just, I, That's fair. If Dave Gettleman is still there, they probably will. But if they change GMs this year, I could definitely see a situation where they just let Saquon walk. Or maybe franchise tag him. Maybe. Depending yeah. on the money. Yeah. All right, next question. We got two more. Uh, little fun ones here. Do you prefer beer out of a can or a bottle? I prefer in my mouth. I don't really care. Uh, I prefer a bottle. I just, I like holding a bottle. Like, that's comfortable to me. Fits my hand right. Like, it's just, there's something about it. Mm-hmm. I'm just not a big, like, I'll do it at a tailgate, beer out of a can, like, whatever. But, like, so if we go to a restaurant and I order a beer and it comes in a can and they say, hey, you want a glass? Yep. Comes in a bottle. Hey, do you want a glass? Nope. Good. Got one. So. Yep. So, for me to power rank it, uh beer out of a can is at the very top and then out of a bottle and out of a glass i'm with you i I don't know i don't like out of a draft i would rather just know the beer that i drink is from like 30 minutes away anyway so right you know i prefer the can at the tailgates and bottles if i'm at a restaurant very interesting um so i don't drink beer that much i drink it sometimes i drink a lot in mobile um but I prefer it out of a bottle. But I will say that speaking of like baseball traditions, like baseball beer is the best beer. Like I, I know that's draft, but like I love like a cu- cup of beer from wherever stadium I'm at. And that's usually the only time that I'm drinking beer is there. And it's probably a Boulevard Wheat. Let's just plug that out. Oh, I was say, I mean, at Kauffman Stadium, they have the Boulevard Tap Room, mm-hmm. and then they have the Boulevard and Left Field, whatever that pavilion is. I don't know what they call it now. But. It's amazing, though. So, actually, Paige, when you come to Kauffman... Eventually, uh, we're just going to have to work out a deal with Kauffman Stadium with as much... Yeah, as I, I said seriously, that. Oh, I was it's just so going to say, I think we it's can a do live park, shows though. from there, and if it. Andrew Benatendi wants to be on this podcast, let's put it out there. We're totally the problem is, like, I'm actually looking at their concessions right now, and it's like, I'm getting hungry. I'm just more excited about baseball God, every day. I can't wait. I can't wait. All right, last one here. My very, very simple. Cake or pie? Guys. Neither. I, this is something new you'll probably learn about me. Um, 
I love cake like so much it's like kind of disturbing like my family like if I'm always like guys you know what I'm craving their answer is always cake because I legitimately love all kinds of cake um and it's like the I I don't I don't have like a crazy sweet tooth but like if I had to choose when I'm like dieting or whatever and I'm like oh you know what I really want it's always cake so I am a cake over pie any day I don't like cake so it's pie all the time for me. I don't like, I truly don't like either. I'm not saying this what? to be difficult. I really don't. <laughs> you know what I do like? I just learned this that actually on Wednesdays at Kaufman, it's $4 Boulevard beers. So hmm. there's that. Hmm. Little hump hmm. day. Little hump day special for you. Little interesting nugget there for us. I told you I'm looking at the thing. They are. Looking at the menu. Yeah, we need a partnership with the Royals and Kaufman Stadium now. Thanks. I agree. I hate my life, but cool. Yep. <laughs> right? I mean, at least you get to see a team win a wild card game. That's cool. Hey, the ace signed a closer today, though. I saw that. Can't even remember who it is, but congratulations. You guys, you guys spent $11 million. I just, I hope you guys understand that if we do, in fact, trade Matt Chapman, um, I don't, I will honestly have a mental breakdown over, <laughs> over it. So just be like prepared for that when that does eventually happen. I want him to be able to go and sign with the Yankees in free agency like the king that he is. But I don't think that the A's are going to let that happen, and I'm pretty nervous about this season. So um, I'll tell yeah. you, I was pretty nervous there for a minute that I, I thought you were going to say, like, if they don't re-sign him and I was going to have to break the news to you, that there's, <laughs> there's, there's absolutely no, yeah. no way right. they are re-signing him. Like, they're going to have to let him walk in free agency or trade him, but he will not finish his career with the A's. You know what? You never know, Okay. Things could happen. Magical things could happen. I could win the lottery and I would donate to that. That's probably what I would donate most to. If I won the lottery, it'd probably be the A's, which is sad. The A's and and Arizona. Those are the places that I would donate. Ending world hunger. Yeah. Yeah. Those things. Yeah, that too. Obviously, Matt. Don't try to make me look bad. All right, guys. Before (laughs) Matt makes me look any worse, um, that is our show for today. Um, Don't forget to subscribe um, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow us at Two Guys A Girl Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Look out for Matt on ESPN because it's going to be so exciting. And also, you can follow me Today, at That Sports Page right where I'll be mocking him. Um, what did you say, Mella? I said go there right now. He's probably there. He's, He's probably talking. on. So go listen. Look for me in the background. <laughs> Just sitting awkwardly in the background. Oh, Lord. All right. Talk to you guys later. <laughs> <laughs>